What is going on, guys? Uh, give it a few minutes here for everybody to just begin to jump on. I am excited about tonight's stream. Um, if you guys have seen the headline, I've had it on there for a few weeks now. Um, got my good friend Jojo on here. I'm excited for him just to get released and just release everything that's in his heart. But uh, teaching on uh, health and wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. So I know you guys are going to be tremendously blessed by this. Um, if you guys don't know Jojo, he pastors a church out in uh, Texarkana, Texas. I want to make sure I get that right. Texarkana, Texas, Roar Church. They're doing an incredible work of the Lord. They're experiencing a revival. They have people traveling from all over just to experience what God's doing and the outpouring of the spirit that's taking place there. Uh, his kids are all involved in ministry. It's a true family movement. Um, he's a prophetic voice. You know, he's got a show on Sid Roth Network. Uh, he's featured a lot of times on Elijah List, and he's just been a great friend to both uh, Anna and myself. And so I'm just so excited. He's actually the first guest that I have coming in on. Uh, and I told everybody on the podcast that we were going to start bringing guests on this year. That was really in our heart to do. And so he's actually the first guest that I'm bringing on. So I'm excited to do so. Um, if you guys would help me throw some some likes in the chat to welcome my good friend Jojo Dawson. All right, thank you. It's such a huge honor to be here, man. I'm the first guest. I feel like distinguished on, man. or something, man. I really appreciate <laughs> it. But this is a just a phenomenal season in in the body of Christ. And I know everybody listening, you're going to receive when you got two just men or women of God just going for it, talking, just sharing family and life. You're, you're always going to glean something, and I believe 2024 is going to be one of the most powerful years we have seen in the body of Christ in a long time. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. And when we first started this, you know, you and I, have, we've done stuff in the past with, you know, Optavia and different healthcare, things like that. And one thing that, you know, when I was talking with you in autumn um, was about, you know, maybe even before we start, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of jump into what the teaching is tonight. All right. Well, my name is Jojo Dawson from Texarkana, and I'm married to the greatest person on planet Earth, Autumn. We got three kids, Malachi, Judah, and Ezra. And in life, I've, I've seen a lot of ministers' kids walk away from the Lord for different yeah. reasons. And so a lot of times when you're around people, you learn what they do in a good way, but you also learn how some things you don't want to do. And all three of our kids are serving God. They serve in the church. They all have business ideas. They've all, even my 11 year old son has created a, a little business where we all do stuff. So our kids are entrepreneurs or CEOs, they're Holy Ghost, spirit filled, lay hands on the sick, see them recover. My son just won an award at school for his Lego and for Christmas, but it was a Lego set of Jesus and the three crosses for Easter, but it was for Christmas. And he put, don't yeah. forget, it's the reason for the season. That's and, right. and so, they're just living out loud. And in life, we try to teach people about the fullness of God. And, and there's no limit to God. There's no limit to the kingdom. So why should there be any limit to, to us? We right, have a church on. in Texarkana. Um, I'm all over social media. We have, um, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff. We're up to via coaches. Um, I'm writing a lot of books currently. And I got a mentoring program. And I just, I just do whatever God says. God's got my yes. That's that's the main thing I can say about my whole family. God has our yes. Uh, we love God with all of our heart. We're consecrated unto him. And, and we're just wanting to see God. If God can move in a business, a church, a restaurant. We just want to be a part of it. So we are radically 
pursuing God. And I guess that's a little bit kind of a, a what we do. <laughs> Come on, man. I love that. And, you know, I was just telling you backstage, I love that it's a, it's a full family movement, you know, and that's what revival looks like. You know, obviously we know the qualifications of an elder is having our house in order, but a lot of times we don't see the whole family movement where every everybody's involved. And that's one thing I love is if you look at your social media and you, you look at your kids' social media, you know, they're always posting videos and they're always posting scriptures. And there's this active pursuit, um, not just after the presence of God, but the active pursuit of the assignment of God in their life. And you're seeing that fulfilled trickle down from, you know, yours and Autumn's leadership down to the kids. And they're just catching fire. Their schools are catching fire. They're going out unashamed. And you've told me the stories about, uh, is it Malachi um, or Judah that's gone out to the schools? And, you know, people have even, even mocked that a little bit. But, uh you know, she's going out with boldness, unapologetic about the word of God. You know, they do. And I just I believe in the family unit so much. And, you know, my kids, they've seen the good ministry. They've seen the bad side of ministry. They've seen us been hurt and betrayed. And they said, the thing is, you always guarded your heart and you kept going. You never let anybody stop anything that you were doing. And so whenever someone would come against one of my kids or, you know, just come at them on social media that they just, you know, Hey, those people don't have a, a part of my future. They're okay. I just keep rolling. And so, so they keep going. And in life, we have to teach our kids and people that, that are around us, you know, everything there's good and bad to everything, know how to embrace the good and learn from it, know how to embrace the bad and, and learn from it. I mean, look, Jesus came to save people and they crucified them. And, right. you know, and so you got to understand that a lot of people that you're trying to to help in life, they're not going to receive what you have, but you're still called to love them. And so right. our kids, we taught them. And this is one thing that we've done with our kids. I think that we did really well. Um, hey, do you want to know why this person acted like this towards mom and dad? Well, let's tell you the situation. And of course, whatever age they are, we kind of make sure it stays in that age. And so yeah. we talked about it. And, and then our kids would always finish what we would talk about because they're, they're full of the spirit of God and full of discernment. And so we, we walk with our kids through that. But, you know, like you were saying the other day, my 17 year old daughter led worship one Sunday. My 19 year old daughter preached with me. And during altar, my 11 year old son came up and started singing on the altar team during worship. Um, <laughs> And that was unplanned. He just went up and started doing it with them. And, and, and the worship leader just kind of motioned for him. He took off. And so uh, revival is a family. And here's what people are looking for in the world. A family unit, Medina's, Dawson's, whoever, and then a church body will gather around a family. Because yeah, a lot of people have never seen the real family. Family is just not blood. Okay. And so people are, are looking for people who are full of the spirit of God, obey the word of God and our family units. And that's that's what's happening. And in Proverbs 24, three, in the Passion Translation, it says wise people are builders. So what are y'all building? I ask that to everybody. What are y'all building? Wise people are builders. They build ministries, families, communities. And they build businesses. Yeah, the Bible says businesses. And it says their entrepreneurs will endure. And so whatever you're called to do, and every word I just said was plural. It didn't say they build family. They build families, communities. They build businesses. And so what I want to do in my life is, is my ceiling is my kid's floor. And I told my kids, 
Like if y'all want to go into ministry, mom and dad got you covered. You want to go in business with what we're doing? We got you covered. If you want to launch your own business, I'll be your bank. I got you covered. So my kids don't have to tap into any worldly systems because mom and dad's going to have them covered. And if they don't want to do anything that we're doing, we can still fund what they want to do. And and I think this is a new way to, to look at the family because I see so many ministers out there that their kids have nothing to do with what they're doing. And I think the number one reason is finances because people I've seen churches hurt leaders because the leader didn't understand entrepreneuring. You can do something on the side or you can do something else. And, and the people that do that seem to have successful things going on because a lot of churches may not be able to pay somebody what they need to, but you know what? I don't make my living in the church. I mean, our church gets a salary, but but I make my living doing a lot of other things. I got 14 streams of income, 14 streams of income, and I'm looking for the 15th. OK, I'm looking for the 15th. And so my uh, my kids know when they wake up every morning, dad's going to be in his prayer chair. And, and we have offices at our home and at the church. But like my wife has a prayer chair in her office. They know when they wake up, we're going to be in the prayer chair we're going to be talking to the king. And that's where our life starts every day. Mark 135, Jesus got up early in the morning, went to a solitary place where he prayed. Good enough for Jesus. Good enough for Jojo. OK, so we start every day in prayer and our kids know that they start their days in prayer. And it solidifies your day for the kingdom of God when you start like that. I don't care if you're a minister or a business owner or what you are. That's how your day starts. And everybody around you, listen, people don't care what you say. They care what you do. I mean, they do care what you say. But my kids will pick up on my good qualities and my bad qualities. And I tell my kids that the Bible says nobody's perfect. No, not one, not even your mom. She's 99.9% perfect. But things that we lack, you may have to find somewhere else. Okay, I'm mature enough to say that. I tell our church that you need to sow into people outside of this house. You need to also have some some seed in the ground in other places because the kingdom is global. The kingdom is about a region. It's not just about a church. And so I think the way that we're going to raise our kids and mentor, this is what I'm seeing, Pastor. Pastor Apostle Prophet, you do a lot of stuff. I'm seeing smaller hubs, kind of like ours that started through worship and prayer, all of a sudden start to grow. All these new works are starting to grow. And every church I know that is growing in my region, guess what? The pastors own businesses because they know how to, to, to they make, they made their living in the world before they even came into the church. Right. And so the majority uh, of our income was, was here before we ever started our church. And so, right. You know, this is it's just a different way of thinking. And, and the old model still may work for a lot of people, but don't pigeonhole God, everybody, in this day, age, and season. And I prophesied this to our city about five years ago. People thought I was crazy. You're going to start seeing business owners, entrepreneur churches, and you're going to see pastors, entrepreneur businesses. Oh, everybody well, laughed at me. <laughs> ain't, nobody laughing Ain't nobody laughing anymore. The, Three fastest growing churches we have are less than five years old, and they were all birthed by business owners, and they right. all believe in the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> Come on, man. I'm with you. I, you know, I don't think there's enough healthy aspect of this, you know, being taught within the church. I think there's a lot of people that have tried to do it or replicate a model that they've seen. You know, it's the same thing we know with Revelation. You know, you can you can share somebody else's revelation, but until but it doesn't carry the same weight and oil that's on it because there hasn't been a, a price that's been paid for in the secret place of intimacy with Jesus. And there's been other people that have tried to replicate models. Uh, you know, of creating wealth and creating business owners and things like that in the church. Um, Because I believe as a father, you know, what you're saying about your own kids, that your ceiling becomes the next generation's floor, you know, as a spiritual parent as well, you know, it carries over onto that. Also, I want to see our spiritual kids, our natural kids run to greater depths and greater heights and greater widths than we've ever ran. You know, and part of that is the world is groaning, right? They're groaning for the manifestations of the sons of men. It's more than just ministerially. I believe that it's, it's, it's what we're called to do as kingdom ambassadors to release the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Matthew 18, 18 says, bind on earth that's bound in heaven, loose on earth that's loose in heaven. In order to to access that, we have to understand what exists there. And part of the problem is that we as Christians, we as believers aren't spending that time with him, like you're saying in the morning, building upon that rock, building upon that foundation, which is Christ through prayer, right? Through through talking to him, through through walking this out daily, through being in the scriptures, being in the word of God, right? Jesus said in Matthew 4, for it is written, man can't live up right alone, but by every rhema word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. And so he starts off for it is written, the Logos, right? Getting in the word of God, can't live up right alone, but by every rhema word that currently flows forth from the mouth of God. So it takes getting into the presence of the king. It takes sitting at his feet, allowing the oil that drips from his beard. Psalm 133, right? The oil that runs from the high priest Aaron's beard to saturate their lives so that when they leave that place, they ooze with the fire and fragrance of heaven. And so I love that you're seeing this model um, displayed in your church, that you're raising up more than just uh, strong ministry leaders, but they're actually taking it out into the marketplace. They're taking it out as kingdom ambassadors. They're starting businesses. They're entrepreneuring businesses um, and really living this thing out, what the kingdom says to live out. So I think the marketplace, what I'm seeing, you know, I, I, I pastor a church full time, but I also work full time, you know, and I'm not one of the biggest givers to my church. And I believe that that's how it should be as a pastor and as a leader that we're not dependent on these things, because I think part of the reason why so many people have sold, sold you know, have sold out is because they were for sale, you know, to the highest bidder. And because of, of things of dependency on income and things like that, it started to push into performance. I think one of the greatest detriments that that really births a performance mindset um, is when there's a need financially. And so when there's a need financially, and there's that strain um, on pastors, on leaders, you know, not just pastorally, but just any leader in ministry. I think they start to really rely on performance because it starts to take things into their own own hands to try to supply instead of leaning on him. Um, and so I think when a leader can be free in that area, it really begins to allow you to really be free in every other area of ministry. So I think it's important to really see that rise in this hour. And, and like you're saying, I just confirmed that word so much that I believe God is raising up kingdom entrepreneurs who are going to fund the kingdom, who are going to fund the work uh, of the Lord in this next hour. And so I believe the Lord is the Lord is desiring this, right? The Lord is desiring this. Part of the first step is breaking the spirit of poverty off the church and realizing that we don't have to be poor. We don't have to be broke. And this isn't even where we're going, but I believe it's good. It's healthy, right? Um, it's, it's breaking that mindset off the church and realizing that God wants to pour out because he's looking for people. The wealth of the wicked is later for the righteous. He's looking for people who have the right heart, who are going to pour out and see the kingdom of God expanded on the earth. Yeah. I'm going to say something. And as um, last Sunday, my, one of my, my daughters said, how many, how many tithe checks did y'all give Sunday? She said, I saw that. I said, we gave four with different businesses. <laughs> so we tied out of our businesses, businesses. One was a, one of our personal companies and one was something else we did on the side and we, we, we made a commission. And so we have four ties that we gave. We have multiple people in our church that own multiple businesses. And 
I've never asked them to tithe out of their businesses, but they do. That's why their business right. is growing. So yeah. um, we've got some people, they'll tithe three, four checks, you know, when they tithe every month because there's multiple well, things going. And it yeah. really does. There's a, there's not a pressure when, when you do that. And my word for 2024 was build, create and design. And, and I have in the first 12 days, I'm going to even go the last two days of 2023, the people that I'm connected with, it, ha, it things have exploded for them. They're like, Joe, it's crazy what's happened just the first few yeah. weeks of the year. I'm like, hey, that's great. And people are talking <laughs> about their businesses. People are talking about their numbers, like if they have a sales business or, or they have a company. And people are talking about like if people are doing like courses or writing books whatever, but how things are just jumping, things are going, things are moving. And, and like, I'm just trying to keep up with the Lord right now. Okay. And, and because he's given me so many ideas, he's given me just so much vision for these different businesses. He's given me two new business partners for two new business endeavors. And I'm just like, Lord, he, this is what he told me about a year ago. He said, I'm about to overwhelm you with opportunities. I'm like, Ooh, you better say that Jesus. And he said, don't let it overtake you. Mm. And, and, and I was like, okay, Lord, I know what he means now that yeah. like, I'm just like, Lord, this is what the whole windows of heaven things about when it opens up. And here's the thing. If it flows on me, it flows on my wife and my three kids the other day in church. I said, how many people here um, have a business or a side hustle? 85% of the people raise their hand. 85% of the people raised their hand. Some yeah. of them raised two hands. Some people raised two, two, two. Hey, I got people and I'm one of them. I make more money on my side businesses than I do what I've been doing for years. And so when God brings finances, it's for a reason. And like our church, I'm like, I want people to come in, missionaries, ministers, apostles. Yeah. I want to bless them so big. And, and so this is what's cool. We just had a, a time where we had a lot of ministers come in and I didn't tell our church this, but, but when it was over, I said, y'all like them? They're like, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people to bring in, you know, and I said, yeah, but here's the thing. Our church didn't pay all the honorariums. We paid a lot of it. And then I have different ministries and different businesses that paid it. Yeah, and they're like, wow. And, and so I want people to see when you create new businesses, what ministry will be blessed? What third world nation will be blessed? What missionary could stay on the field a month longer? You know, I know some missionaries who are back in the States seven or eight months out of the year trying to get enough money to go win souls in foreign nations. Yeah. You know, how many more water wells? How many like I've got friends that are building human trafficking homes and they said as many homes as we can build, we can rescue people. And so they're constantly building homes, hiring work people to come in. And, you know, because the, the young people that come in, you know, they, they minister to them as well. So they're having to hire people. We just want to fund this stuff. And so you got to understand in this day and age, when you increase finance financially, get your mind off of yourself and get yeah. it on. Because our world is in a place we need people to love, help, give up their time, energy, effort, and resources like, like never before. And I got a word from the Lord. I'm going to share Sunday. So don't tell anybody in Texas Ken about this word yet. But the Lord told me, build yourself out of it. Build your yeah. way out of it. 
I was praying about some, my wife and I, we, we want to give extravagantly to four or five ministries. It's really meant a lot to us. And then we got some other things and we still have a little bit of debt. And, and the Lord said, build your way out of it. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm young. I'm only 49. So y'all thought I was 35, but I'm 49. And, and, and the Lord said, I will give you the ideas, the people, my word, build, create, design. I will build my way out of this. And then the Lord sent some, some wild prophetic people to tell me exactly what God told me. Like I've even got dollar amounts that the prophets are telling us. It's blowing my mind, but we're going to fund the kingdom of God. My wife, when she talks about banks, she points at the banks and she says, I'm a better lender than you. Wow. Come on. <laughs> and so we've even helped some young companies. We, we've done small. This is small, but we've yeah. done um, money lending to small companies to get started for, for our money back and, and a percentage of, of profits. And they, you know, they were a place where they may not be able to go get finances from a bank. Now it was smaller amounts. Don't think it was huge, but we were able to help get some small businesses started that are still going today. Now they prospered so much. They paid me all my money back too quick. And, uh, but Hey, I got my money back. And so the, the thing is we've got to figure out how can we help more people? How can we help more people be successful in their prophetic dream? It's not just, oh, I just got to keep Johnny off crack. Oh, I just got to keep them in the church. No, we got to make them successful for the next generation. Poverty ends in this generation. You hear people say, well, everybody in my family dies from a heart attack. Not you, not in this church. You know, we're going to prosper. We're going to live. We're going to be in abundance. And so I, I believe, like, I just believe like that. I was preaching a revival and the Lord told me to stop preaching and Tell everybody's about to get healed. And so 20 people came up and this pastor said, Joe, if four people get healed, man, we're going to go into a big revival. And I said, four out of 20 get healed. I'm quitting. <laughs> I said, I'm here for 21 out of 20. 19 got healed instantly. The oh, other one, they said, manifested three days later and got healed. But we got to believe everybody's blessed. Everybody's healed. Man, we're going to change and we're going to change people's mindsets and people are about to walk. And I just did a, a video today and I was doing it on, on breakthrough. And, and the word I kept hearing for 2024, this is the breakthrough people have been waiting for their whole life. It, it is going to break generational curses. And yeah. it is going to be the biggest generational curse breaking time ever. And then the Lord said, what did I tell you about this year? Bill create design. What else did I tell you? And I got my notes and I said, you said, build yourself out of it. Build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. So every day, every day for January, I'm praying an hour nonstop in tongues. Now, anytime I know breaks, I'm talking about every day. Yeah, that's and, uh, good. I sound a little raspy right now because I get a little loud and proud when I start praying. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> going for it. I mean, where are the people that are going for it in this day oh. and age? There's just Mom. not as many. And here's yeah. the thing. When you got reckless abandonment for God, it is the funnest thing ever living full in the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I keep I can't get off these notes. I tell you another <laughs> thing God told me today. Come on, sir. Load the, wagon. Load the wagon. So I told my wife, I said, baby, I'm young, you know, and I'm in great shape and I got my health on check and uh, I'm about to load the wagon. And I'm about to get things done. And she said, let's go, big boy. Let's roll. 
And, and so all my kids are like, Dad, we rolling. Let, let's do this thing. So instead of me just loading the wagon, everybody's loading the wagon. My 11-year-old yeah. said, Dad, I, I need to get on my, my first book. I mean, I'm 11. I mean, I should be working on it. Dad, I've got to start ministering every Sunday. It's my time. It's my season. Jesus did it when he was 12. I want to hit 12 running full blast. And I'm like, yeah. son, come on, let's go. Let's load the wagon. And then the Lord spoke to me and and said, uh, acceleration, acceleration spiritually, accelerate in your mindset, accelerate in your finances, accelerate in your health. And this is going to be the year. And I'm just going to give one more thing real quick. The Lord said 2024 will be good, but 2025 and 2026 are going to be really good. And 2024 has been pretty good right now. And, and and so I'm excited for what God has got planned for the future. Yeah, come on. Come on, man. I love it. I love it. I appreciate that, too. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you. You know, the Lord really spoke to me that 24 and 25 are going to be really be a years that catapult us for the next five years. And I really believe that we're coming into an age of the kingdom. I believe we're coming into an age of family. You know, you started off kind of talking about that, you know, but everyone wants an Acts 2 movement. You know, they want the outpouring of the spirit that takes place on Pentecost, right? The mighty Russian wind. They want the tongues of fire, right? Well, first off, we realized that there was 500 people at the Ascension, only 120 of their remaining, right? Again, praying without season, what you're talking about. They didn't know. They didn't know that, you know, it was going to happen on day 10. He never gave them that direction. You know, <laughs> they, they could, if they would have gave up on day nine, they would have never experienced what we know today um, as the day of Pentecost and that sweet movement of the spirit that took place in that upper room. You know, but everyone wants an Acts 2 outpouring, but it says they broke bread together. They dined together. They sold everything they had, gave according to each other's needs. And the numbers were added daily, that which would be saved. Salvation came from the place of family. And it's legal to do this thing outside of family. And I love that you're talking about all this because I think it's so needed in the church to have a healthy aspect of this talk about kingdom finances, about kingdom wealth, you know, because it's this almost like this, this curse word that we can't go near because I think a lot of people got hurt by prosperity, uh, prosperity preaching. And, you know, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm also not a poverty preacher, right? I just believe the kingdom of God. And if you look at Genesis, God says that God says that God put gold in the earth and he said it was good. Right. And so what happens is there's been a lot of people that have tainted this message um, and were, were over exasperated it to a sense that was ungodly and people, you know, really got offended by that. And they almost stayed away from that. But I think there needs to be a healthy aspect taught in this that breaks off the spirit of poverty, that breaks off that mindset off the church and realizing that God has called us to be kingdom ambassadors, to be the lender, not the borrow, that it's better to give and not receive, you know, and, and something that we're believing for our church. And what we're starting to see is a lot of king, kingdom entrepreneurs come in, people that have that heartbeat because you're only fed according to your amount of hunger. And I think it's time for the body of Christ to really be risen up in this area. You know, um, the Lord's blessed us to be fortunate and able to to give and to give of ourselves, to give of our time. You know, I'm in the busiest season of my life. But, you know, I, I told my wife, I said, I'm in the busiest season of my life. I said, but I've never experienced this depth of acceleration, but also the grace of God simultaneously at the same time, where it's like it's the busiest I've ever been. I work full time. We have businesses. We have ministry. We have all these things working together. But at the same time, the grace of God has been so present um, that I've experienced his rest inside of the busiest season of my life and it's been incredible you know but i've had so many people lately coming and asking for for money and different things and i've sowed and, and just given them i believe in so and I, I thank god that we're in an area and, a, and, a, and we're able to give um of ourselves and give of our money but I, I said to the lord i said god i said i had so many it was it was such a peculiar number i've had more people reach out in the last three months for money um just asking me to sow and the people i know people i don't know um 
you know, and I just sowed, you know, and, but this started back when I was, when I first started preaching, you know, I would travel and I'd bring a seed with me everywhere I went. And instead of receiving an honorarium, I would give and sow into every pastor and every ministry that I went to preach. And we sowed our way into where we're at now. Um, and I think, you know, it's something that's not, that's also not taught on, but I remember the days where we didn't have, you know, the Lord told us to sow into a minister and it was everything we had in our bank account, you know, and it wasn't a lot of money to some, but it was a lot of money to us at that time, you know, but the Lord said to do it and out of obedience, you know, we, we went and sowed these seeds and I believe we're living off of some of those seeds where God has brought us into a place to be financially free. But I said, what if, what if we can give them more? Like, I want to give more than just give them money. I want to give them the education. I want to give them the understanding. I want to give them the ability, right? Because you give somebody money and it, and it lasts for that moment to last for that season right but what what what's next right and so i want to be able to see other kingdom ambassadors begin to rise up with the knowledge um, and the ability to reproduce after the seed that's been planted in to raise up other entrepreneurs to go out and make wealth for themselves so that they're free right because if you're free financially you're free in a lot of other areas money doesn't cure all things but it does relieve a lot of the pressure a lot of the stress right and when we're free like that we're able to what you're saying you know build more wells we're able to build more churches you know like that's what my heartbeat is we're we're talking right now we're wanting to build a, a prayer center a conference center for the region where any church can just come and use it so i'm looking right now i've been praying into it. we're talking about it we want to build a conference center a prayer center for the region so that any church calls me up and says hey we you know we want to do a conference hey come on let's do it let's go you know run here's the here's the access code get into the building you know um and just give of ourselves and get and, and, be, and begin to be able to provide a resource because i believe revival goes past the four walls of the church it's when the whole region begins to get changed it's when the whole region begins to get transformed it's when your kids like you're saying are grabbing a hold of this thing at 11 years old and saying hey it's my time now you know it's like it's like come on it's my time now i gotta get out there i gotta preach the word of god i gotta release the word of god i gotta begin to write a book now you know and i love that they're catching a hold of that and they're seeing the hunger that's in your life and hunger is contagious you know when you get around hungry people it's contagious you know so 2024 as i feel as i'm just talking to you now it's going to be a year where jonathan's find their david where your spiritual wound is going to begin to leap you know, it's going to be a season where you find your tribe and people to run with, you know, because it's it's being it's running around like minded people um, and, sh and sharpening off one another um, that we're going to see this come about. So I love that. and I love that you're doing that. Man, that that, that is so true. So when 2024 started, we had like our, our heart on two ideas we were thinking about talking about. And God brought people who that's kind of their field of expertise just into our life. And, and like we were just talking and I just asked this is one person's question and they're like, yeah, that's exactly what I do. And man, you know, if y'all ever want to, and it was just a connection, man, we got our whole family on a zoom with them. Another guy I was talking to was, and uh, we just kind of talked about a, a, an idea and he said, man, that's exactly what I do. And just got the whole family on a, another zoom and, and our family sitting around thinking, wait a minute, is this really going to happen? Like we pray an idea and God brings an expert in that wants to partner with us. And it's just like, they're like, Oh, Dawson, you're a gift from God. You're an answer to prayer. We're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. But you are the answer to prayer. And it's yeah. like when two people come together, it's just like, perfect. This is the season that you're not going to have to fight for relationships. It's the season yeah. you're not going to have to, do I supposed to run with this person or not? And no, like, you know, 100 percent. Somebody Come came on. to our church the other day and they said, you know, I think this is supposed to be my church. And I said, hey, you know what? It's not. I'm just going to tell you, you're a great person. We've known you for years. You would not fit this church. Right. But I tell you, I got two churches that 
that I think you would like. And I told them, they said, no one's ever told me that. So they went, love this church. Their pastor messaged me and said, bro, this people are phenomenal. Why would you tell them that? I said, because they wouldn't fit our church. First time somebody start, started uh, speaking in tongues and took off running, they probably hit the door. So I had to <laughs> say to them that. And I knew they would. Uh, yeah, I said, y'all are a little more tame than us. I knew that they would fit y'all's church better. And so, you know, it's just at that place where, king, see, kingdom people, I want everybody to understand this. When you're a kingdom person, you don't worry just about your church. You worry about the whole church of the region. And when people are not kingdom, they worry about their ministry because it is their ministry. It's not his ministry. Okay, you can have a kingdom ministry or you can have a ministry. I've had a lot of ministries. They ain't existing anymore. Okay, (laughs) but the kingdom ministry, the kingdom ministries are existing and they're flourishing and thriving. And and another thing about it is when when. Kingdom minded, and it's not like this in every place, but when kingdom minded ministers don't make their full living in the church, they're not controlled by people or, or finances. That's okay? right. And, and so it's just a different mindset. And Chuck Pierce said this three years ago, three years ago. He said, There's a 20 year turn from the American church to the kingdom church. He said, Now it's, it's, it's a slow turn, but it's fast. He said, but around year two and a half or three, you're going to see a really big difference. And it's only going to be two and a half or three years in. Well, when he told me that, or I was at a conference, it was the week before everything happened in 2020. It was the week before it happened. That's around the three, two and a half, probably three, three and a half year mark. And I see the kingdom churches to churches in our town that are traditional they're calling me, say, Joe, you got to explain this kingdom message. Like, what's it about? And I said, did, well, did y'all ever go to cemetery? I mean, seminary. And uh, and they're like, yeah. I said, y'all never learned the kingdom. I said, no. I said, me neither. I've been in church my whole life and no one ever explained the kingdom. Until I was in my low 40s. I asked two or three ministers. Nobody could explain the kingdom. But now the people can understand the kingdom and they're explaining the full manifestation of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom, whose kingdom? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Wait a minute. You mean the church is really all about God? What? Our opinion doesn't matter? You're kidding me on that. And so when when that happens, like the other day, somebody wanted to do something. I'm thinking, I don't want this. I don't want this person to do this. And I thought the Lord said, but I do. And I said, okay. (laughs) And, and my wife was laughing and they're like, you do not want this person to do this. I said, no, I don't want this. Is, no, <laughs> but God said, let them do it. Come on. You know, when it was over, it went good. And you know what the Lord said? This is my church. This is my yeah. church. Um, there's a few things that some people want to do that I don't really like. But you know what? Man, it's, it's God's church. Right. Come on. And so. That's hard for some people. You are going to yeah. see powerful yet humble people in churches. That's a hard combination. You didn't see that in the last season. You're going to see powerful people walking in humility and you're going to see full family atmosphere. Like, and I just tell people like, we don't do drama at our church. We don't have drama. If someone has drama, I just say, Hey, look, you know, 
get over it or, or you know, you might want to go somewhere. We we don't do that. And and people in our church are just so easy going because we've made church about God and people yeah. come in and they have rough edges and we kind of rub the rough edges off. And we're like, hey, you're home. You're safe. Safe yeah. environment. Judge free zone. You're good here. And, and that's why like our prayer meetings are good. Because people can just come set for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. If they want to pray out loud, they can. If they don't want to, but but we come in and we've created an atmosphere where God is in charge of the church. Come on, yeah, that's good, sir. You know the Bible says, "In humility and fear of the Lord are honors, riches, and life." And just what you're saying, I think you know the humility of just really letting go of the reins. You know, it's it's funny because man, may, you know, man makes their plans, but God sits in heaven and laughs. Right. And so there's times that we have plans or aspirations of how things should go. And to some degree, God gives us some some understanding. Right. We see in part some understanding of, of where things are going to go. But there's so many things that, like you're saying, have come up that, you know, and God's just like, just let it go. You know, and there's so much freedom in that because we're seeing, again, this whole family um, atmosphere that's developed out of that. And what you're saying, I believe it's going to be an age of the kingdom. You know, the gospel, the kingdom being preached. Somebody told me I was in a Bible study and they said, Tyler, they said, the gospel's been preached in almost all the earth. Jesus is coming back. And I told him, I said, I wasn't trying to be me. I said, but is that what the Bible says? Does it say that when the gospel's preached in all the earth, then, then will come the end of the age? Or does it say that when the gospel, the kingdom's preached in all the earth, then will come the end of the age? So then I got to propose a question. Is there a difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom? Right? The gospel of salvation, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You shall be sozo. You shall be saved. But the gospel of the kingdom and what Jesus preached was going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the ends of the earth, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead. Right? And so if we designate that as the gospel of the kingdom, then I would say it's been scarcely preached in all the earth. You know, and so we're stepping into an age where I believe there's an activation of king of true kingdom ambassadors who are going to watch every sphere um, of society, the workplace. I mean, we're seeing miracles of the workplace. And you know, I was telling somebody I, I'm in the car business full time, aside from just from uh, from the church. And, you know, we're seeing legs grow out. We're seeing cancer healed. I had a man, a, a Jewish guy from Israel who got born again, gave his life to Jesus. He came in, his ankle had rolled and, and, he, and his ankle was messed up. He couldn't walk. I said, come here. 30 second prayer, you know, pray for him. He got healed on the spot. And he became like the woman at the well, Jojo. He uh, he started going around telling everybody, look, this man just prayed for me. I got healed. You know, he was so excited. And uh, I turn around and there's next thing I know, there's 10 people in a prayer line and somebody walks up. They said, can I ask you a question? Do you believe God can heal cancer? I said, yes, I do. I said, it's in your left lung. He's healing you now. I pray for this guy. They said it was generational, heretical, um, or generational and uh and he goes back to the doctors two weeks later. There's no sign of cancer in his body. Before that, he was completely filled with cancer. They said it's shrinking. There's nothing there. Praise God. And so we're seeing these testimonies in the workplace. And this is what it looks like when the kingdom of God invades earth, right? What will happen when the kingdom of God invades earth? Acts 5, 16, Peter walks past Jerusalem. The Bible says as his cat shadow was casted over, over the people, everybody who was blind, lame, crippled, was completely healed, delivered, and set free as just a shadow was casted upon the people, right? Well, the closer you get to the sun, the bigger your shadow, right? So what will happen when we begin to lay down our life and begin to really uh, walk this thing out with Jesus, we're going to see whole regions transformed. We're going to see whole cities transformed. We're going to see whole families transformed. And it's going to circulate through every area of our life, right? It's going to be overall wholeness. You know, we're going we're gonna to prosper even as our soul prospers. We're going to see prosperity in every measure of life. It's not just in finances, but finance is one aspect of it, right? But health, wholeness, finance, right? All these things. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. What's it look like to be 
you know, because I, I think the church doesn't talk about this enough. And, you know, you and I and, and Autumn and, and Anna were talking about this. And, you know, I think I remember you were Autumn saying that there's a lot of ministers who die prematurely, you know, like they, they teach a good word, they preach a good word, uh, but they're dying prematurely of their calling, right? Because of health issues or things that could be controlled, things that could just be a matter of crucifying our flesh or whatever the case may be. But I think there's not enough education in the church on how to live a life of wholeness, not just healthy life, but a life of wholeness where I believe God wants us to be whole in every area and facet of our life. Do you mind just talking about what's it look like to be whole in your body, your soul, and your spirit? You know, that's in First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, you know, spirit, soul, body. Most people, um, I think uh, Pastor Kilpatrick said one time, uh, we preach spirit, soul, potluck. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're, we're off to be a coach just like you guys are. And I got on because my coach was uh, is Pat Shatzlein, and and I just needed to to drop some weight. And spirits will and flesh is uh, weak, and, and flesh is weak. <laughs> That's what it is. But I believe we preach that your spirit's supposed to be super strong, your soul supposed to be super strong, but no one really talks about the body. And yeah. you know, I know people that are thirty years old, and I know people that are seventy years young. And it's how they take care of their their physical body. And so I talk about the body a lot because people that say, oh, well, you know, my joints hurt. or Oh, I don't feel like it. Or, you know, I have a full time job. And when I come home, I just want to lay around. But I mean, like when, when I would come home from work, I would take a small nap every day or chug extra coffee or or something like that. But I'm 49 years young and I'm maximizing my life. I heard heard it said one time that when you're 45 to about 65, that is the number one time in your life where you will create the things that will leave the biggest mark on society. And so they say the problem is, and then I saw a bunch of people in ministry, they're doing their funerals in their 50s, low Mm -hmm. 60s. And, you know, they didn't run the race well. They, They barely walked their race at the end. And so as they were getting to that age, because I was approaching that age, I was feeling tired. I was feeling sluggish. And I remember one time it got me. I was in lower Louisiana. I was at a, at a, at a, at a conference and it was a fire conference. So I did get hit in the head three times by fire flags. Um, <laughs> and so we were there and um, man, I was, I was just, I've been on our health journey for about, about a year and man, I was going by, we we're praying at the altars. And all of a sudden these people that were younger than me were sitting down taking breaks. I said, what are you doing? And, uh, and they said, man, we're tired. I, man, I ran circles around these kids. I said, no, when, when, when you're Pentecostal charismatic, you preach for an hour, hour and a half, wipe your sweat and get in those altars for two, three hours, cast out them demons, uh, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, prophesy over everybody. If there's less than 200 people, let them double dip and pray over them twice. And, and how are y'all tired? They were all overweight. And so I, I realize that there's a lot of people who don't take care of their physical body, but they just want their, their spirit and their soul. And they don't they don't do a whole lot after yeah. they get to age 40, 45, 50 year, years old and they're, they're overweight. And they don't do a whole lot. Man, we're active. We're always flying, taking trips, different things. And, and so I believe that your spirit is strong, your, your soul, which in the original writing of the Bible, soul means like mind and emotions. You get all of that strong in your body. So there's four parts. Your spirit, man, is strong. Your mindset is unshakable. Your emotions are stable. You don't give in to your emotions. Okay. You're, you're, you're strong in your emotions and your physical body 
you're in good shape. Now, you don't have to lift as much as Pastor Tyler, but, you know, you, you your, your body, when you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, you can still go and blow and do ministry and life and business and grandkids. And you can just you're, you're active. But a lot of people don't don't want to do that. God gave me a word that 2024 through 2026, you're going to see the birthing of the kingdom church. Mm-hmm. And when I think about kingdom teachers. OK, people that preach on faith and, and kingdom. Every one of them preaches on health. Everyone preaches on healthy finances so you can fund the kingdom, not prosperity, gospel, big house, nice cars, but right. health, finances. And, you know, I, I was sitting there with uh, Mr. Sid Roth one day and he was he's he was 83 at the time. And and uh, he said, you know, I, I'm glad that you take care of your health. And he loves my coach, Pat Shatzlein. And he said that one of the main things that I like about you, that's why I gave you your own TV show with me, is um, finances. You're, you're not a, a poverty preacher. You're not because poverty will break your mindset down. He's Jewish, so he understands finances, you know. And he says, you understand finances and you take care of your health. He said, I still got a lot of years left in me. And I said, of course you do, Mr. Sid. And he said, oh, I'm not even in my 90s yet. Well, I know people in their 50s talking about slowing down. Mr. Sid was talking about new vision. He's and he always he always has this new vision of something he's talking about. He's wanting to do. He's in his mid 80s now. He's not slowing down. Um, You know, you look at people like Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle. You know, they're upper 80s. Uh, I think Mr. Uh, Apostle Jerry's like upper 70s. They're going for it. Uh, and all these different people. I don't want to get old. I'm not going to get old. I'm going to get better. OK, now I'm 49 and I know I'm 49. But you know what? I'm still active. I'm still running out, going out. Hey, we go to amusement park or we go to the lake. I'm the first one tubing with the kids, y'all. Hey, last time we went to the lake, uh, the kids were like, all right, what, who's the first two? I said, who's the first one? And I jumped in and my kids were like, dad, okay, don't make me cry. My kid said, thank you for giving us our dad back. Because mm-hmm. we were at Disney World one time about six years ago and I had to miss one day. I had to miss one day at the park because I was hurting so bad after a surgery because I was 55 pounds overweight. My kid said, thank you for giving us our dad back. When I go and preach, man, I was at this one church in Georgia. I preached on Saturday night for an hour and I laid hands and prophesied for two and a half hours. Sunday morning, I rolled around. They got four services. I preached about 35, 40 minutes at every service. And then between services, they took me in the back room and I prophesied over people for six hours. My my arm was like this with a microphone preaching and prophesying. And when it was over, they were like, how did you do that? I said, because I'm young, my mind is sharp. I'm full of the spirit and my health is in check. Y'all want to do another service? Y'all got anybody else needs prophecy? It's only six hours. Y'all I'm young. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Come on. being old is a mindset. I used to think 40 was old. Now I think 60 is young. I got <laughs> yeah. a friend that's a 65-year-old bishop in the Pentecostal Church of God. He just did a 30-day challenge to do 100 push-ups a day nonstop at 65. Mom. 
He's like, come on, let's do this. And the 100 push-up challenge. And uh, at 65, I'm thinking, come on now. That's what I'm talking about. Talking to a guy in the gym, 72 years young. Dude was working out. And I'm like, bro, what you want? He said, Jesus. He said, I <laughs> take care of myself. And uh, he, he said, I just, here's the thing. If you don't use it, if you lose it. But but when you get older, if you keep working out and, and taking like amino acids and taking care of your physical body, you're going to be okay. You're not going to be old and, 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 and walking around on a cane. Let's maximize life. Let's right. maximize this. I know preachers that are in their 70s that will preach an hour and 15, 20 minutes and work altars for hours. And they're not slowing down. We got to take care of our health so we can stay in the race for a long period of time. Maximize life. That's it. Come on. That's so, so good. I love that what you're talking about and just continuing to call it out 70 years young, 65 years young. You know what you're talking about with just longevity. You know, I think about Elijah and Elijah, you know, and he comes across the Jordan and Elijah tells Elijah, he says, what do you ask of me? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah responds and he says, you ask a hard thing, but if you see me when I go, what you ask will be yours. And I think a lot of people pay attention to the double portion part of that. They, they pay attention to the double portion of the spirit. But I believe that what Elijah was saying was, if you can endure to the end, if you can make it to the end, you know, what you ask of me will be yours. You know, Timothy to Paul, right? Can you run this race with endurance? And so I think there's a lot of people, it's just the spiritual side, um, who we're seeing pastors, the average lifespan of a pastor now is three to five years and they're, you know, suicide. There's all these things that are happening where they walk away from the church or whatever the case may be. And so God is looking for longevity, but I believe it goes beyond just the spiritual side of things. It's also in health and wholeness because premature death can actually come and take us out. You know, first Corinthians says that our body is the temple of the Holy spirit. Right. And so taking care of our body, taking care of our mind, you know, and so I begin to make excuses. You know, I was a college athlete, was high school athlete, wrestled, coached, coached uh, wrestling when I was in college there. And, um, you know, felt like I was in the best shape of my life. And then 10 years go by, you know, I don't touch a single weight in the gym. Don't don't go to the gym at all. And I made the excuse that I don't have time. Right. You know, and, and I was busy, you know, to some degree I was busy. I was working 60 hours a week. I was doing ministry full time. I felt like I was fairly busy, you know, and, and I felt like I was acceptable to have that excuse that I just don't have time. And the Lord began to convict me about this. And it was right around the time that we began talking about some of these things. And the Lord began to convict me about, you know, I, I just had my daughter at the time where we was just about to have her. And I said, man, I want to be there for my kids. I want to be able to run around with my kids. I want to be able to, you know, to flourish with them. And I don't want them to ever be in a situation, you know, I lost both of my parents prematurely, you know, both my parents had passed away. They were kind of freak accidents. So it wasn't something with just health, but it was, you know, both, both had passed away due to a car accident. And, um, you know, I was like, I want to be there for my kids, you know, and the Lord said, Tyler, you got to make time, you make time for what you want. And so if it meant getting up earlier in the mornings, you know, then that's what I was going to do. And so the Lord started convicting me about starting to teach the body of Christ, how to live in wholeness. You know, it reminds me of Naaman. Naaman comes to Elijah and, he, you know, he's wanting to be healed of leprosy. And Elijah says, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan that you be whole. Not that you be healed, that you be whole. And I think we have one dimension of this, but God is wanting overall wholeness in our body, our soul, and our spirit. And so I began to get up at five o'clock in the morning, right? Because it was the only time that I could make time for it. So I'd wake up at five in the morning. I'd spend time with the Lord as I'm getting ready. You know, I'd spend time in prayer, right? I begin to feed my spirit, man, you know, and then I would go to the gym at, at 6.30 to 8.30. I work out two hours a morning, every single morning, you know, and then I would go 
And, I, and as I'm walking through my day, I'm starting to feed my mind. So I'm watching things about entrepreneuring. I'm beginning to learn mindsets. I'm beginning to shift my mindset, learning about learning about uh, how billionaires think, right? Because I'm believing for these things. If you don't ASK, you won't GET. And if you don't believe for it, you're never going to inhabit it, right? And so I begin to, there, there's it's, it's feeding and trying to live a life of overall health and wholeness, uh, body, soul, and spirit. You know, and we will prosper even as our soul prospers. And so I don't think there's enough teaching of this uh, present in the church nowadays. But God is wanting us to live a life of wholeness. He's wanting us to live a life of overall health, you know, in our body, soul and our spirit that we're not dying premature because of health issues. Right. The callings there, the assignments there. But what are we going to do about it? You know, and so I think it's so good that it's not just an aspiration, but you're actively teaching this. You're seeing it. There's a community of it. You know, the people are catching wind. They're catching fire. They're having this desire for it. Um, so I just think that's incredible. Yes, sir. We're about to see stuff. Everything's changing and and some for the good, some not for the good. But I'm telling you, everything I'm seeing and, and the people that I run with in ministry and life, it, it's good. It, it's yeah. so good. God is doing so many things. He's speaking. So many people are being are creating new things, doing mm -hmm. new things. The church is looking different in this day and hour. And, and absolutely. I love what I'm seeing. I, I love what it's becoming. And I just love how people are are actually wanting biblical Christianity. Um, you know, when the world was easier to live in, not as much corruption. And, um, you know, you could just get by and, and white picket fence America. But but now people are wanting the, the word of God. They're wanting the truth. Right. And a lot of people are noticing that their their leaders aren't teaching biblical stuff. And so that's why people are looking. That's why social media is so big. When, when people find a voice that they, they like or trust, you know, they'll start listening to, to them when they're, they're speaking truth to them. You know, a lot of people like motivation, but I've never seen so many people hungry for the truth. And they're wanting the what people call like the, the, the nuts and bolts. They're wanting stuff to build with. They're wanting to get out of this. You know, over the past three years, We've seen how many people could be at a job for 15, 20 years, and it might not be there tomorrow. And so now there's a lot of people even creating yeah. side things and doing different stuff. And it's just an exciting time to be alive. And so I'm telling uh, oh, another word I recently got was the Lord said, build with the Holy Spirit, build mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you can't even rely on 2023. You have to build with the Holy Spirit in 2024 and lean into what he's doing and what he's saying. And so I'm just stirred up right now. Come on. Come on. I love it. I love it. You know, going into 23, our, uh, when we did our vision Sunday for 23, you know, I said our desire, our only desire as a church is to make a house for him, you know, and it was came out of a Davidic cry of from David where he said, I, you know, I live in a house of senior, but the Lord dwells in a tent. His desire was to make a resting place for the Lord, not just a place of visitation, but a place of inhabitation, you know, not, 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 not Holy Spirit partnering with us, but us partnering with the Holy Spirit for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, and one thing you see in the life of the disciples, you know, you talk a lot of prayer. And I know that you're a man of prayer, um, that you and all of you guys live a life of prayer. You love praying for people um, and ministering to the Father. I think one thing that's been lost in the church, you know, um, and, and has been shifted, I should say, um, and the parad the Western paradigm of how we've built church, I believe, is being shifted from the inside out. And I think people have lost that our first ministry is to the Lord, no matter what fivefold grace, no matter what office you hold. Um, our first ministries to the Lord, right? In Ezekiel 44, you see two groups of people. You see the sons of Levi that when Israel went astray, they ministered to, the, to Israel. And the Lord says, because you minister to the people, the people will be your inheritance. So I'll still let you be in my house, but the people are going to be your inheritance. But then there was the sons of Zadok that when all of Israel went astray, they stayed and they tended 
to the heart of the Lord. And he says, because you minister to me, he says, I'll be your portion forever. Right. And so I believe that one thing that's been lost in the church as far as hosting the presence of God and really being conduits for the glory of God to operate on the earth is having that true intimacy with Jesus through prayer, through worship, through the word, right, to really know him, to really behold the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And so as we're talking about different things in terms of health, we've talked about health and finances, health and health in the body. Maybe just talk a little bit about what it means to live a spiritually healthy life. Maybe what prayer means to you. You, you quoted earlier, Jude 120, build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe talk a little bit about, about how we live a life and cultivate a life of health spiritually. Um, when I was 20, I was sitting on the steps at a church and i said all right god i'm in i'm gonna do this thing so uh can we have like a scripture like you know people in love have a song can you may have like a scripture i didn't know what to say and so i heard in my spirit mark 135 i didn't know what that was jesus got up early in the morning went to a solitary place where he prayed i said good enough for jesus good enough for jojo so for the last 29 years i wake up every morning go to the prayer chair. My wife goes to hers and I start my day in prayer every, every day. Uh, the scripture I live by is Matthew six and six, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you've gone into your room, shut your door and your father who sees in the secret place rewards you openly eight times. It says you are, you are in that one scripture. So every single day I start my day by going to a private place, and I set my foundation for my day in the place of prayer, minimum an hour. Then usually take a kid to school, whatever. And, and I get to the church. We've been spending another hour and a half. So I start my day at the church. So I've been starting with two and a half hours of prayer every day. Wow, now, I did take about today. I took about three trips in there. You know, one was 20 <laughs> minutes. One was 15. One was probably 10. Um, and just because I need the presence of God, I just I get in the presence of God. I just I just feel the presence of God and it recharges me. And so and, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't pray that many hours. You, you don't have to. But women, after they get their hair done, what does that lady say? OK, are you ready to come back in six weeks? So you said <laughs> for what's important. God yeah. has an appointment with me. We're booked for life. First thing in the morning, we're booked for life. And so. If God is is the priority in your life, you will have a set time. You know, um, our, our set times are Bible reading, working out, uh, prayer, family nights. We, we have our stuff set down. And, and when you can structure out a lot of your life, you'll start to see a success in it. Because, you know, I don't have to think, OK, I'm waking up in the morning. Should I or should I not? pray this morning. Do I have time? No, my alarm is set. My day is set. I know when I have to start uh, moving people around or doing different things or, or meeting somebody. So my morning is set. If you will set your appointed time with God, see this baby right here. Don't touch it your first hour. Okay. Right. That's you and God, not you, God, and your cell phone. Cause you'll end up being on emails. You'll end up being on Facebook. You'll be watching one of my videos in the morning. You'll be doing something. Okay. But you start your day in prayer. And when you do, it shifts everything. And uh, I always clear my mind at night and I go back into a small time of prayer. And and, and I, since I got my health in check, I, I rest easy. Now, I'm going to say one, one physical thing. I don't eat two hours before I go to bed. So my body's not working at night. So I yeah. rest all night long, really good until the alarm goes off. Do you know why? Because when I get up, I'm up and at them. 
If you're up three or four times and your stomach was working on that because you ate a big meal right before you went to bed, that's what happens to ministers when they're on the road. They go yeah. eat somewhere late at night and then they're up laboring. Their, their body's working on that. They don't know why they, that's why they can't sleep. They usually say, oh, it's demons in the hotel. No, it's because you <laughs> ate uh, all those pancakes. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, when, when you get your mind, your physical body in check, your spirit life gets better. It, it all is one big circle that works together. And when you can get them all in place. So when I'm discipling somebody or they're struggling, hey, hey when's your prayer time? Well, I just tried it. Never mind. Never mind. That's best problem. Number one, God, if he's number one, he has the number one time slot in your life. You schedule him. It might. Now, I know some people, they schedule him late at night because that's their time. That's when they're that's when they do it. But when you start your calendar, God gets the first time slot, wherever it may be. I know people that do lunch. They 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 mark him in at lunch. Have yeah. your time set with God. Have your Bible reading already in place that you know you're going to read, and and everything starts to flow from there. Come on, that's so good. Yeah, you know you know as well as I do that a lot of ministry events, you know, going around preaching or traveling or even times that I've served with other ministers, it seems like every event's wrapped around food, right? Meeting at the Mexican restaurant, meeting late night at Applebee's, right? You know, all these things, and and like you said, it everything's a circle, right? How you feel in the soul affects the spirit, man, affects the, the body, right? They all kind of coincide together. And so some things are actually, and this is kind of going a little bit deeper into it, but some things, you know, the things that we eat not just affect our weight, but they affect our mental capacity, right? There's certain things that, you know, some mental fog, mental fog or fatigue, uh, tiredness, things like that. Your rest contributes, right? Jesus spoke peace from the place of peace. He was already at a place of rest. Your rest contributes to, to overall health. There's a lot of things naturally that not everything's a demon, right? Certain things are a matter of discipline. Certain things are about disciplining ourselves, disciplining in our diet, disciplining in our time, right? And so certain things aren't just a matter of, of, uh, of, of a demon, you know, we, we we're deliverance ministers, we're healing ministers, we cast out demons, you know, we believe in that. Uh, if it's a demon, we'll deal with it. We don't make demons dance, they get up and go, right? Uh, but not everything's a demon. Certain things are out of our, our own discipline and, and learning healthy habits in our life uh, to feed our spirit, man, to feed our soul, and to feed our, our body. Um, Health-wise, but I love what you're talking about prayer and just setting a time with the Lord. You know, Revelation 3.20, God says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man comes in, I'll dine with him and him with me, right? So the invitation's there. Um, it's not just part of the pastor's authority, right? It's not just part of the apostle's authority. This is part of our right and privilege as believers in Jesus Christ to host his spirit, right? We're a house fit for a king. The only real estate he's interested in is the souls of men. And he makes this invitation that those who open up the door, I'm going to dine with them and them with me. And here's the thing, guys. It's not out of religious deeds or out of religious habit or obligation. It's 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 about knowing him, right? It's daily I say I do. I always say this my motto with my marriage with Anna is daily I say I do. I didn't just give my life to her on our wedding day and that was it. We became roommates and never talked again. You know, what kind of life would that be? We have a daily walk. It's a daily yielding myself. It's a daily yielding myself to Jesus. It's a daily consecration. It's a daily giving of myself to him. I just wake up in the morning. I just say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Wash my eyes. Wash my mind. Lord, I just consecrate myself to you. I give myself to you. And there's a desire to have that relationship, right? We know that the Bible says in the last days, many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out devils? 
Didn't we cleanse the lepers? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we raise the dead? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. You work of iniquity, right? It's the same word when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you're going to bear a son. She says, how can this be for I've never known a man, right? I've never been intimate with a man. And so there's an invitation about all these things because you can have miracles. This trips up a lot of the church, but you can have miracles, signs and wonders and not have Jesus. But if you get Jesus, you get it all. If you get the glory of God, you get it all. When the glory of God comes in, you know, demons begin to run and flee. When the glory of God comes in, people can't help but be healed in the presence of majesty, in the presence of glory, right? So we as leaders have to pay the price to really know Jesus. And when you begin to make a time with him, again, it's not out of religious deed. It's I become jealous for that time, right? I fell in love with Jesus and I'm still falling in love with him. I ask this question to our church all the time. I say, when you fell in love, did you fall far enough? Did you fall far enough in love with Jesus? Or are you satisfied with where you're at? Or are you still falling in love? Are you still hungry for him? Are you still in awe and wonder every time you see a miracle? Is it like the first time you've ever seen it, right? And so you actually begin to desire this time and you're fed according to your amount of hunger. When you begin to hunger for these things, right? If you're not hungry for God, it's because you're feeding off the wrong source. Right. Mm -hmm. When he meets the woman at the well, she says, he says, she says, how can this well be? How can your well be greater than that of our father, Jacob? He says, when you drink of that well, you'll thirst again. But when you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Right. And so there's a spiritual hunger and appetite that's created in the atmosphere of his presence. And so what you're saying about prayer is so good because you see the life of his disciples. And the one thing that they ask for is they say, teach me how to pray. Right. They didn't say they walked with this man for three years. They observed his life. They slept near him. They walked with him. They saw all the miracles he performed. They saw everything that he did on a daily walk. They saw withered hands being healed in the synagogue. They saw people, blind eyes being healed. They saw all these things happening, cripples being, cripples walking and, and getting up. And the one thing that they asked for beyond everything else was they said, teach me how to pray. I want your prayer life. Our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And I think it's a beautiful picture that if out everything they saw, their one desire was to teach them how to pray. I believe it ought to be a desire of our life, too, to learn how to pray, to learn how to walk with God, to learn how to talk with him. Man, that, that's so that's so true, because I know a lot of like a lot of ministers. I know they're great preachers and signs, wonders and miracles. But like I say, like, hey, man, um. I know you're older than me, but I want a marriage like y'all's. I want to raise my kids. I had this one gentleman. He had like the best kids I ever saw. And his kids were roughly about 10 years older than mine. So I would always ask him on different things. He's, he's a very wealthy guy. I never really asked him about money. He you know, had all this stuff going from I didn't ask him about none of that. I just wanted to know about how do you raise kids like that? And I bet Jesus was like, yeah, they finally got it. They're not wanting to wonder who's the greatest in the kingdom. They're wanting to know how to get in touch with God, like how to connect with the Lord. And so that's where the kingdom church shifts. When people meet with you, a lot of times the old church, they were asking for something or needing something. I yeah. see in the future, like we're, we're getting people in that are raw. And I mean, we're, I mean, I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, now, um, you know, that guy that persecuted Christians that wrote some of the Bible, I think it was John, right? I said, no, that was Paul. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people are ground root level on, but, but it's so fun to see their hunger grow. And these new people are coming in and they may need some financial help or a demon cast out or something, but their hunger is like our prayer meeting. The other day, it was it was 30 percent of our Sunday morning crowd. And I was like, that's the greatest number that I know of right there, that on, on a Tuesday night, 30 percent of our church number was here. 
And, and because and, and they just sit there and they said, we just love the presence. Our church hosts the presence. And that's what the Lord told my wife. He said, build me a house where my presence is known. Come on. That was it. And so we're just seeking the presence of the Lord. That's so good. That's so good. You know, our desire is just like, I want to be like that Luke 7 woman who just pours her oil out at the feet of Jesus. You know, it doesn't lose the first place. It's just ministering unto the Lord. Because I think if that's the root, that's the foundation, that's the rock, right? The wise the wise and foolish builders, right? The Bible talks about it. It says that one built their, their house on the rock and he calls them wise. And the other built their house on the sand. And we know the story of the same winds, the same floods, the same rains hit the same, the same, the same houses. But one house stood and it was the house that was built upon the rock. And Jesus is the rock, right? And so when the foundation set on that, you know, and then we begin to build around that place and we begin to, there's, there has, there, there becomes this desire, right? To love what he loves. And, and this desire that I think really overall, like my desire to be healthy, body, soul, and spirit comes from my desire to please him. It comes from my desire to be with him. It comes from my desire to love others. And I think it comes out of that place of first building a spiritual, a, a healthy spiritual life with the Lord. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend one time, I, I quoted the scripture, you know, or, our body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I said, bro, you trying to build God a mega church, man. Come on. <laughs> the book of Acts is about small groups, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on. But, but no, we are one thing I've been challenged with, and, and I asked the Lord, I asked the Lord to do this. Anything that's wrong with my theology, my ideology, every way I think, if there's anything that does not align with the word of God and the kingdom of God, I, I, want, I want to shift my mindset. Yeah. I don't want to be right. You know, it says in Leviticus eight times, be holy because I'm holy. You know, I, I want to be set apart. I, I want yeah. my mindset because I've seen people argue over things that then it's like you shouldn't lose. I mean, that's crazy. Let's just ask God to reveal what the truth is. And so because the church is is, is changing so much, you know, I, I just encourage everybody to get before the Lord and get in the word. Most people don't know the word of God. Like right. they don't know the word of God. And and my daughter, she's been doing these Instagram reels, Malachi, about how to study your Bible. And she said, Dad, my generation doesn't understand the Bible. They don't know the Bible. So on Instagram, she's doing these reels on how to study, how to, and she highlights, and then she puts a sticky note on the side and writes notes, and she's writing all this stuff and teaching people how to journal. And she said, Dad, people, every time they go to a conference, people are like, oh, I love your videos. And she's like, it's basic knowledge. And I said, well, there was generations of people who just, you know, read the words on the screen, listened to the preacher, and what he said, that was their truth. And, and so I'm telling, you know, I just I love the hunger that I'm yeah. seeing in the church right now, because I don't ever like the other day. Our church got a little frustrated with me. I preached a 90 minute message and five people asked me, why did you quit? Hmm. And I'm like, because I went 90 minutes. And they were <laughs> like, we think you had another hour in you. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, we worship our anyway, you know, we, you know, preliminaries, we was, you know, pretty long service uh, and then altar, but people wanted the word more. I love that. Like that, that you're in a place and I don't even remember what I said because the anointing was flowing because I read a lot, you know, just like you're just rattling off scriptures that were, it was coming. And 
and, and they and people were like, we wanted more. We wanted more. We wanted more teaching. We wanted more um, of the meat of the word. And yeah, our church loves the power of the Holy Ghost. They want to you know, they want to see the power manifest and 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 somebody do a praise break. And a, this Sunday we're having running shoe Sunday. Everybody has to wear running shoes. That's just a prophetic declaration because somebody's going to run this Sunday. And so, but their hunger for the word and worship, like, like, like last week, our worship guy, he looked over at me and I went, and he went, he laughed. He did another song. He looked at me. I went, he went, <laughs> I went, he did another song. And uh, I, I just didn't want worship to end. And uh, I, I'm a worshiper, man. I love it. And yeah. so the, the hunger is there in the churches and the places that aren't flowing with the, the prophetic and the presence and teaching the kingdom, people are hungry. And, and here's, there's two or three churches in our region that are large and their pastors are messaging me probably. I'll never say their names, but they're like, we got to understand the kingdom. We have to understand the Holy spirit. And so I've been talking to some of them and in these big churches, traditional churches, they're preaching on the kingdom. Sometimes people will never come to my church, our churches that we have. Yeah. But sometimes kingdom people can impact ministers in private. Like I wouldn't preach this in Texarkana, but in private, you can you can mentor some people where they'll get the broader message out. And yeah, it's happening. It's happening in our it's happening. This is happening. That's all I can say. Come on. That's so good. I love that you touched on, the, on that in the last aspect of that, too, that it's not just people in the pews, right? Like what we would associate as churchgoers, that it's leaders, too, um, in the region that are coming up and they're hungering for the kingdom. Like the Bible says the world is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of men. I believe we're in that time. I mean, I feel that physical groaning. I told our churches, so we're going deep this year, you know, and um, because for so long, the church has been anemic. You know, and, and they've been anemic and don't even and most of them don't even know it. But that hunger for the word. Right. Um, and it's not just, you know, I'm hungry. You know, like I, it's not just the people like I'm hungry. I'm hungry to go. And I, and I believe judgment starts with the house of God and God's looking to the church and he's looking to leaders. Because what happens at the head trickles down. Part of the uh, of the church being in starvation and being malnourished is because the leaders malnourished and they're not in their word. They're not praying daily. I know I can't tell you how many leaders I know that have gotten to a certain place that they feel like is a pinnacle of ministry. And they stop praying altogether. And it's like, man, well, the same prayer that got you to this place is the same prayer that's going to sustain you right it's daily growing in him jesus grew in wisdom and stature if jesus christ could grow in wisdom and stature how much more can we grow in wisdom and stature and so it's not just our church that's hungry i told you we've been hitting this place of multiplication and you know people don't want to leave people are lingering at the altar right the, the lovers linger and people don't want to leave the church like what you're saying and so there's a hunger but i'm hungry you know i want more of him i you know i don't want to leave and worship you know I, i'd be i'd be completely fine if i never got to preach and just just let worship go for for the next six hours, you know, but I told our church, I said, get ready, you know, get ready, clear your schedules, get ready to cancel work, get ready to cancel all your plans. I'm telling you when revival breaks out and revival shows up and I feel like it's here, it's no longer this distant thing that we're prophesying revival's coming, revival's coming, revival's coming. No, revival's here, right? And we're stepping into the days of this. And, um, 
I told him, clear your schedules and get ready. You know, I'm never going to be long just to be long. But when God's here, I'm not going to I'm not going to shortcut the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't want to leave when his presence is here and we better get ready to close our schedules. Because I remember growing up, you know, I grew up in church my whole life, third generation preacher from both sides. And I remember falling asleep in the church, being drugged, you know, every day of the week. Uh, I heard Robbie Dawkins. He said, I do have a drug problem. He said, I was drugged to church on Monday. I was drugged to church on Tuesday. I was drugged to church on Wednesday, you know, and uh, growing up in church, we know this, you know, we were the, I was there every day of the week it felt like and uh, but i remember there was things that marked me even as a kid and this is what's so powerful about watching your own kids and, and the testimony of jesus that's on display in their life is because there's things that have marked them and are continuing to mark them right they're being marked by hunger they're being marked by aspiration they're being marked by the goodness of god they're being marked by all these things and i remember being marked and, and i would wake up at four in the morning and after falling asleep and i fall asleep at the pews and i wake up and they're still praying Four in the morning, five in the morning, right? Praying for a move of God. They had work the next morning at seven o'clock and they're still at the altar praying until four in the morning. You know, there were people in a generation that knew how to grab the horns of the altar and not let go. And I believe we're stepping into this place again of unprecedented hunger in the body of Christ that, that goes past the status quo, right? We can't keep having church the way that we've done it. The way that we've done it's not working, right? If good, there's thousands of good preachers. There's a lot of preachers that are much better than me, Jojo. But if good preaching would have saved the world, it would have been saved long ago. And there's a groaning for, for not church as usual. There's a groaning to step past the veil to really behold the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world to walk in a place of wholeness. And I'm telling you, it's going to trickle down from that place. We're going to see, we're going to see whole, whole regions transform. We're going to begin to see whole church movements transform. I believe what's happening uh, in Texarkana, I believe it's going to be catching like wildfire. I believe these churches, it's going to continue. You're going to see churches that are going to begin to catch fire and they're gonna begin to call you up man saying what's going on you know what's going on in, in, in your church i'm hearing testimonies i'm hearing stories you know people not wanting to leave what is going on how do we begin to cultivate a hunger like that we're beginning to see that here we have churches calling up i had a church that was, that was four times our size call me up and say how do you how do you build and grow a church how do you build a church that's sustained around revival i'm saying man we're we're four times you know a quarter of the size of your church what are you doing calling me asking about asking about revival and asking about how you build a movement around its presence you know but this is what's happening and the world is looking uh and and they're hungry right and it's and what you're saying about the word it's it's he says he holds the word above his own name all right because revelation says that he'll be given a new name but his word never changes we got to begin to get into the word of god and not just get into the word of god but grow a love for the word of god and and begin to read the word by the holy spirit the holy spirit's the key that opens the scroll right Smith Wigglesworth said, some people read their Bible in the New King James. Some people read in the King James. He said, but I read it in the Holy Spirit. And I always say that the Holy Spirit's the key that opens the scroll. The Pharisees knew the word, but they didn't know the word when he became flesh and dwelt among them. There's something about partnering with the Holy Spirit and beginning to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That when we begin to read the word of God, it's like it's sweet to our lips and bitter to our belly, but it begins to become life to us. Um, and so, man, I'm just, you're, you're firing me up over here, buddy. <laughs> Getting me excited. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a great season and we're doing, been doing prayer every morning and tomorrow morning, got people coming up here in the early in the morning and just, I mean, last year we went for 75 days, just seven. The only reason we, we stopped is because I had three weeks of ministry engagements during the week. Um, but besides that, we, we went and I would try to, even if I would have to, you know, preach somewhere and then drive back late at night, I would still do it. Um, and we went 75 days last year. Wow, just come on. In, in, at first starting the year off in prayer and just seeking the Lord. And it's great things are here and even greater things are coming. Come on. It's, it's so time. Good. So good. Well, man, I appreciate you. And I want to honor your time on here too. We've gone for an hour and 18 minutes, but um, if you're good with it, um, 
I just want to be able to open up the floor for you just to release whatever you feel prophetically. If you want to pray for people, I know there's people that are up in the chat. I don't know if you can see the chat on your side um, there, but I know there's people up in the chat um, who are commenting. And um, if you just want to begin to release prophetically or begin to pray for people, whatever you feel. Okay. Well, one last thing I want to say is this. Be willing to let the Holy Spirit teach you things. It will always align with the word but you're going to have to unlearn some things that you've learned in church. And I was praying about that the other day and the Lord told me, well, you were in a ministry at different points in your life that were good ministry, but no ministry is hundred percent biblically accurate, but you gained a lot, but you need to, and he told me specifically, you need to unlearn this one thing. And then he gave me somebody to follow that. That's what they taught on. Um, so I, father God, I thank you for each and every person that, that is watching this recording or watching this live and I declare that this is the year that they build. They build according to the Holy Spirit. They create, they design everything that was in them. And Lord, I, I cancel every insecurity, every fear, every spirit of delay, all confusion, chaos. And I'm saying this from the Lord. The world is chaotic. It is noisy. It is loud. But but you are an arrow in the hands of the Lord, and he can shoot that arrow straight through it all. You will hit your mark in 2024. Every test, trial, tribulation, none of it can stop anybody. You're going to move forward. You're going to build. And this is going to be a building and a foundational year, but it's going to be an upward slope. You're going to see an increase in everything that you do this year. It's going to be a year that you're going to have to decide how far you're going to go in with God. How yeah. deep are you going to go in with God? How deep are you going to dig in with the Lord? This is going to be a year of organic Holy Spirit movements that are going to happen. And, and the Holy Spirit says, just don't follow people because you followed them in the past. Stay fresh and current with the Holy Spirit. I declare that over every person. And, and I just hear the Lord saying so strong. That, that this is a crucial time. Listen, there's no options. There's no opinions. This is mandates. Prophetic words are mandates. Mandates have to be manifested this year. So don't watch somebody else doing what you're called to do. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's it. It's a great time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, Jojo, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. It's always a good time when we get to come man, yeah. come together, catch up and talk, man. I love just hearing and receiving from you and just championing on everything that God's doing in your life. And uh, for everybody that's on here, if you would just tell them how they can follow you, you know, what's going on in Jojo Dawson's life and where they can you on Facebook and YouTube. I know you got a, a ministry there. You're releasing videos daily mornings with Jojo, right? Um, and also too, I think sow into your life because it's good ground, right? And we talked about sowing and I yeah. believe sowing actually break the spirit of poverty off your life. And, and um, so there's actually, yeah, so go ahead. <laughs> uh, man, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I got a regular page, a ministry page. I'm on, um, got a YouTube channel and of course, your Instagram is just do all that stuff and got a website, jojodawson.net. You can always ask for prayer. I do prayer daily. Um, I get a lot of prayer requests. I hold on. I pray for every single one of them. So and simple. You can you can sew online. There's just a place there, you know, however, 
It's all on there. Awesome. Amen. I'm easy to find. That's what I'm easy to find. <laughs> you don't got to look far, right? That's it. Awesome. Man. This was fun. Yeah, well, we appreciate you. Appreciate your ministry. Appreciate everything that God's doing in your life. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before uh, before heading off tonight? Man, I just wrote this down. I was praying today, and it's you. I did a video on it. It's you. That's it. You, you know, you're looking for something. It's you. I mean, you're, you're the one. Do it. It's time to go. And then I got to load the wagon, and and the Lord said. You know, I said, God, I don't know if I can load anything else. I mean, I'm I'm putting in a lot of hours every day, but they're God hours. They're not. I mean, they're great. And the Lord should reposition what I've given you. Learn how to carry it better. And then I was reading a book and it said great leaders learn how to carry big loads differently so they can take more. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, that's what the Lord just told me. And so I'm constantly bringing you things. And this is what the Lord told me. I hope you are ready for this. Oh, you asked for all this. You asked mm. for it. See, Come I was on. in a season that I wasn't getting every prayer answered. So I prayed over because I didn't think I would get it all. Now I'm getting everything I prayed for. So get ready. Get ready to build with everything that you prayed for. When you pray it, start preparing for it. Come on. Percent. <laughs> so good. Well, Jojo, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we're gonna have to do this again, man. I, like I said, I want to respect your time, but man, as much as you're willing to come on, um, I love this. I've enjoyed it. I know everybody else has as well. I'm seeing the comments here, um, and everyone's been extremely blessed by this. So we just love you. We love Autumn and the family, and I uh, just appreciate everything you're doing for the kingdom of God. Man, we love y'all too, man. I'm I'm up anytime for this stuff. I love this. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. You have a blessed night as well. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you all. Please, again, go ahead and, and look up Jojo. So his ministry, like I said, it's good ground. Um, everything he's doing for the kingdom of God uh, in his local church, local sphere there in Texarkana, um, Texas. Um, and I know you guys are going to be extremely blessed by his ministry. He's putting out material, um, you know, daily, you know, and some people, you know, it's it's a lot to put out videos all the time, you know. And um, but when you have a mandate of the Lord to do so, um, you know, he's doing it and he's watching a lot of fruit from that. Amen. And so I just appreciate everybody that's jumped on here. Um, we just wanted to talk about that and uh, talk about spiritual health and wholeness. Um, we're probably going to do a few more series on this. I think there's a lot of things that God's beginning to put on my heart to talk about in regards to things that you don't see commonly talked about or taught in the church. You know, and I believe the world is groaning. And I believe that it's a time for us to go deeper than we ever have before to step past the veil to truly know the Lord um, and what his word says. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We bless you guys. And we'll see you next time on the Father's Heart Podcast.